Well, hello. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, you know, another day. How was? How was? We're coming off a of Turkey Day. How was Turkey Day? Uh, it was good. We had a a whole turkey breast over here. A whole turkey breast? Yeah, we used to try and buy whole turkeys, but then we would just have way too much turkey because it's like three people. Turkey for days. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah, I don't mind turkey, but I'm not not that much of a fan. So, did you uh, cook your turkey with the flames of your motorcycle this year? Well, two problems with that statement. One, you know me good enough to know I never cooked anything in my life. Okay, yeah. So, and two, I wish you would have thought of that ahead of time. <laughs> I've seen a video of, uh, I want to say it was a Lambo with some stupid giant turbo on the back and a eight inch pipe coming off the top. And they put, they welded like a bar above it and put a turkey on it and just went down the freeway. Just flaming it. So, you know, if you're into that, that's a, an option. I like it. And it's depending on what state they're in this time of year, they could have got some, you know, bugs for flavoring in the Turkey. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. We're supposed to get below freezing this week, so we'll see. <sighs> I talked to, uh, my brother, he said it was four degrees out there. Four. Four. That's a lot of degrees. Yes. In Celsius? No. Hmm. No. It's about 16 here. Good deal. At least overnight. So getting up into and the balmy. We almost got above freezing today, so that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like a great November, December transition. Well, uh, going to roll an intro and get Yeah, into it's it. MotoGP day. Yeah. Roll the intro and let's get into it. Yesterday at one point, I was in six. And we're back. We're back. With MotoGP. Did Mo I do it right? How did yeah. they sound? Well, you got to have a little more British. I don't oh. know. That's kind of a British, <laughs> the guy that says that, right? He's got to be British, yeah. Yeah, I was trying, you know. But I also, you know, I can't I can't do it perfectly because then I would, it's probably copywritten. It's Dorna. All right. Well, I think, talking about this race, talking about the race that happened today, final race of the year, I think we should get... I, th I think we should get the winners, the championship, all that stuff right out of the way in the beginning so we can talk about all the little yeah, <laughs> things that happened during the race. All right, yeah. Um, well, well, start, start with the sprint? I forgot about the sprint, but yeah, we can start with the sprint. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, we'll start with the sprint. So we came into the end of the weekend, 25-point gap, last race of the season. First time in since I've been watching, first time I've seen this happen, they make it all the way to the last race. I know we've been saying that a lot, but... Pretty intense. After last weekend, it was kind of like, well, Bagnaia doesn't have to do that well. We'll see. I think he they actually said it all weekend. They were saying he just has to finish better than fifth in both races, even if Jorge wins. So uh, in the sprint, we were, what, barely there? Yeah, barely there. Um, it's interesting what you just said, though. It's, I don't know. I always do football analogies for some reason, but it always seems when it comes down to the end of the game. Mm-hmm you find 15 different scenarios while the, where the team that looked like had been 
destroyed and defeated can come back and win. Yeah. And that's kind of how this shaped up. I started going into this going, Oh yeah, he's only one crash away from losing everything. He's only, you know, all those, all those things, but going into the sprint, Jorge Martin, Jorge, Jorge, whatever you're calling him. He didn't look like he had anything in the beginning. He didn't, he ended up not qualifying so well. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Qualifying went very weird because um, Bagnaia didn't make it into Q2 right, right off the bat. He was in Q1. Um, so that was that was a, and that was a good the practice session. Jorge was was out there laying it on and I don't blame him at all. He made the right decision. Take the tires early. Get your lap done early because who knows that there will be yellow flags. Flash forward, what do you know? There's yellow flags. And then Bagnaia didn't get his chance to to get his good lap. So some fun games there that I don't think were too much as we've kind of seen with other people this season a lot. Uh, and then, yeah, qualifying. So Martin was all the way down in sixth and Bagnaia was up in second. So that's Behind how we went who? into the sprint. Behind. So it was Spain, right? I yeah. had to keep that. I had to keep that in the front of my head, and then I kept realizing how many Spaniards we had out there. Yeah, but all of them that aren't Italian, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, just about Spanish, Italian, couple French, and then Brad, and Jack, and I guess, and then KTM would be the better way to say it. <laughs> so going out there, running the sprint early on, it really didn't look like. I mean, I don't know. Sometimes there's so much action that happens in the first five laps versus the rest of the race that by the time the action kind of slows down and then you forget you, what people have done. Well, you kind of go back and you talk about it and you're like, Oh, this happened, this happened. And then you realize, well, yeah, that was all in the first four laps. And then, but yeah, I, I was just going to make the comment that Jorge Martin struggled in the beginning of the race, but really not. He struggled for a couple laps. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know. I was, a. Uh... I was quite impressed with the sprint. I thought it was a good, it was a great race. Jorge was out there trying to get it. Bagnaya kind of got swallowed up and then ended up kind of staying swallowed up. And so, you know, everything was out there on the line, but everyone else around them kind of, I was, a, I was laughing because you had a Ducati and then you had a KTM and a Honda and a Prilia and then Bagnaya and then a row of Ducatis. I was like, well, he's not going to go down any further than that because everyone's going to be too too afraid to get yelled at and lose their contract if they happen to pass him and and whatever. But uh, he kept his fifth place most of the time. He was, I mean, he was back a little further than that before. But uh, but the, the sprint was interesting. It was you know a good amount of back and forth. Very clear that everyone else out there that didn't have a championship just wanted to win. And well, most of them are Spaniards, so that kind of makes sense. And I thought it was a good race. Super good sprint race. Uh, was a good race. So Jorge Martin wins. Peco yep. finishes fifth. Yep. Just enough um, to small shout out to golden underwear. He put it on the podium for his last sprint with Honda. He did. Yeah. Ran a and good then, sprint. I think good weekend and all for him. Yeah, well, we're well, gonna get into we're gonna get into some of that. Yeah. But so that was good. Pecco said after the race that he chose to go with the medium tire, and that was the wrong tire choices. Was the reason he got stuck back there in fifth and couldn't gain on him. That was that was his explanation, and it seems to track. Everybody yeah. in front of him had soft tire on there, and it seemed to hold up for the amount of laps that they did. So, how did we end with the points after the sprint? 
good. Uh, yeah, after the sprint, we had 14-point gap. So, gained nine points in that. Tighten things back up. So, we go into the race. Uh, same scenarios basically on the board. Jorge has to win. Echo has to finish fifth or better. Yep. Moving on to the race. Who did I say had the pole? Vinales. Did you, Top did, you, did you notice who didn't have the pole on Sunday? I did, but I didn't catch why. So he got black flagged in a practice session for smoke coming out of his bike. Hmm. And it was obvious. There was a lot of smoke coming out of the bike, mm -hmm. but he didn't see it. By the time, by the time he got the meatball flag, he looked back and there was no smoke anymore. And he was holding his feet up looking. He pulled, he did, he went into the long lap uh, thing and was yelling at one of the marshals saying, you know, what's wrong? He couldn't see nothing. And then he kind of went back out on track again. And they ended up penalizing him for not adhering to get off the track immediately. That's the meatball flag. You need to get off track. Interesting. But he didn't feel there was a problem. So he kept arguing and still driving around. So, yeah. Hmm. Peko got to start first bike yep which was good for him funny how those coincidences seem to work but yeah you want to jump to the end and then we can talk about the middle yep all right well so the end made me uh happy for the outcome that it was so uh, let me let me start with this and this kind of goes more into the middle but i was watching the race and i was just like i don't even know how i'm gonna feel today because i don't really like either of the two riders contending for the championship this year not a huge fan uh don't you know peko great good on him whatever martin not a huge fan but i was like kind of rooting for martin but that's only because i felt like he was the underdog in the situation right and then i was like well i don't even like that guy why do i care uh anyway things happened peko won won the world championship won the race i think if you're gonna win a championship and you don't do it by winning a race that's kind of like dumb so I was pretty happy that he won the race, at least kept that. Uh, whether or not he should have, I don't know. We're about to get into the rest. But there's your spoilers out of the way. You know, if you're just here to figure out MotoGP news. Peko's so the world champion. Yeah, if you haven't seen that already. I mean, our episodes don't come out till Wednesdays, so, so let's, you let's already talk, seen it. But. Let's, let's talk about, since we started at the end, let's stay there for a minute. How about okay. the celebration? Uh, it seemed kind of stupid. Weird, yeah, it was like very underdone. Like he went up and shot a three-pointer, but he went and dunked it, which I think is because he probably isn't any good at basketball. But the announcer, did you hear the announcer? Uh-uh. Peko could even make a basketball team or something. Did you see him just drill that three-pointer? Yeah, I, like, <laughs> I did catch no, that. Did you see him just dunk that three-pointer? And I was like, there's no such thing as a dunk three-pointer. Unless your arms are super long. If you jump from the three-point line, you could dunk a three-pointer. If you could jump that far. I don't know anyone that can, but you could. Well, he didn't. So, Right. I'm just... And I know I already have done it once on this particular recording of you know, bringing up other sports or whatever. But how, mm -hmm. do you, how do you bring up an entirely different sport as the theme for your celebration of your motorcycle victory? I don't know. I mean, Mark did that for his eighth. With what? B billiards. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I didn't think about that, did you? That's a sport. Ah. Uh -huh. Yeah, well. Everything's a sport now. <laughs> <laughs> so, I just, I thought the, and then he put the three rings on. 
Yeah, barely. He almost couldn't get him on. And I was laughing when he went over to the he went over to the side to his crowd, and he like took his brand new championship winning helmet designed specially for him, and almost dropped it in the tire stack because he set it on there and like <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it felt very like compared to you know, like Fabio Quartararo, which I understand he was pretty far ahead and he won it way earlier in the season, so they. Probably had some time to think about it. Well, this one, that was that was the other thing that was making me laugh. Is like they pulled out all the jerseys, they pull out all this stuff that they pull out. I'm like, where's uh, where's Jorge's? There's no way they ain't got all that same stuff for him sitting right behind his box. You know, well, yeah, you, you know they had to have something planned. But the other, the other thing that's funny to me is, I don't know. It we should dive into that. Maybe we dive into that on one of the shows, but. I don't believe this is just me talking out my, you know what, mm-hmm. but I would like to know what people did before Valley, because I don't think they did anything. You win the championship, you jump up and down, you do a burnout. What other sport? I mean, in the NFL, they say I'm going to Disneyland because they're contractually obligated to say it or whatever, but, right. and they have a podium that they go talk and, and these kind of things, of course, but what other sport is there where they have a ple- a pre-planned celebration like that that has just become the standard of the sport? Yeah, I don't know. I never thought about that. And Valet was famous for that, right? He always had a theme or something. He always did something. Yeah. And I wonder if that happened before him or if that was created by him and then now it's become like the norm. Yeah, that would be uh, be interesting to to look in into. I don't know. I mean, he won so many, and then if that became a thing, it's every MotoGP rider today doesn't know any different, so they're all expecting it. So it'd be kind of crappy to be like, hey, here's your trophy. Do a burnout. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Go burn the tires off. We don't need that bike anymore. Maybe. Well, I'm just saying, everybody always tries to get bigger and better, you know, and, you know, Valley had the seven dwarfs and the all those different things he did every year I, i'll bet that's where that comes from because i can't see dugan back in the back in the day you know having some kind of planned out thing yeah maybe probably a wreath, not. maybe a wreath around his shoulders and some milk or something that might be the wrong sport but <laughs> but uh, i'm just saying so so peko won congratulations he's the champion uh he held strong jorge martin obviously put up a hell of a fight for the second half of the season you gotta kind of, I think, uh, motorcycle racing. Not to keep bringing up other sports, but it's just like any sport. Teams, they'll, teams, drivers, riders, they get on a hot streak. That hot mm-hmm. streak cannot last forever. And I, I felt like Jorge's was starting to peter out these last couple races. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I would agree with that completely. I mean, I know why you're saying that, why you're feeling that. I don't know. What kind of sucks is that now we got to wait till next season. Yeah, well, the first of the year, Pecco was unstoppable. He won everything he touched. Yeah. And then things started to not go perfect, and he got ran over. You know, he crashed. He got ran over. Yep. And then Jorge Martin, the onslaught started, and that guy was unstoppable. But Pecco was – he feels to me like the last few races, he's starting to warm up again. 
Yeah, I do. I do agree with that. That's where I, I think it was less of a. I don't it's know. A, it's I, a long I get, year. I, I know. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I kind of agree with it. Jorge started the season classic Jorge fashion. Kind of seemed like a super Saturday guy still, but then he started kind of winning races, and then he started just winning everything every weekend. And during that time, also Pekka wasn't doing that great. And then at the end of the season, like you said, Pekka's game kind of came back and Jorge's kind of dropped off. But they almost kind of felt more like one-offs. And I wonder, and we're going to, I think we're going to talk about Jorge quite a bit today, mm-hmm. um, among other people. But one of my biggest issues with Jorge is that he seems a little young, dumb, not quite as refined, which I have to be careful saying because a rider like that I should love. Right. They keep the sport right. interesting. They're willing to go do crazy stuff. My issue with Jorge is that if he goes and does something crazy, whatever, he's he's young, dumb, he's not a refined rider, cool. But if someone else does it, he'll start talking like, well, they, they shouldn't be doing that. They should be kicked out. They should this, they should that. And gets all mad. Anyone else, not anyone else, but other people that ride all kind of crazy, dangerous, making big moves. Most of the time you ask them about it, they're like, well, that's racing. But if anyone else does it, well, that's racing. So. Right. That's kind of where I get a little a little upset, and I think today we saw some of that young, wild Jorge well, Martin out there. Yeah. Well, let's dive into Jorge Martin. So how his day went. So he had an excellent start. He did. Coming from yeah. that second row or whatever, six. Yep. So coming from six, he jumped all the way up into second, right from the get-go. Uh, was all over Pecco. Was oh, yeah. all over him, showing him a tire, going to pass him. You knew it was coming. I mean, because Pecco didn't have to be in first, and Jorge Martin, you could just tell he wasn't sitting where he was sitting. He was coming through. Yeah. Whatever it took. And yeah. that bit him. It did. Yeah, and it's it's an interesting, you know, I'm sitting there watching the race, and he has to get into first place. He has to. If he wants to win the championship, he has to get into first place. There's multiple reasons for that. One, he needs all the points he can get. Two, he needs someone else to be bugging Pecco from behind. Mm-hmm. He needs to get out in front where no one can bug him. And then he needs to just sit there pretty and hope that someone starts messing with Pecco and sucks him back into sixth place or less, right? right. Or, I mean, no one, I hope that the riders aren't out there hoping it, but I got to imagine he's like, man, I hope this guy just bids it. Because how can you not be thinking that? Reality right. of the situation, right? So, yeah, absolutely. Um, In my head, when he made the move that he did, I was like, oh, come on. But at the same time, there's nothing wrong with that move. No. So the exact same thing happened to him that happened to Pecco with Digi the week before. He got got sucked in in. and nothing you can do about it. And it's not, not just those two. That was the most recent. But I think that's happened to Alex Marquez. Yeah. In, in the last half of the season, it is a very, very common thing to happen. If you don't make that pass perfectly, you get sucked into that quote unquote dirty air. And there's, there's almost nothing you can do about that. So I had no problem with that move. Um, it was pretty aggressive for how early it was in the race, but mm-hmm. fine, whatever. Like you said, he's got to win. I mean, honestly, the only thing he could do is get in front and pray for, like you said, pray for something bad to happen to Peco or, lock up the brakes in front of him a couple times and see if he can't slow them both down to drag some more bikes into the game. I mean, yeah. Uh, anyway, I had no problem with that. 
where my problem started. Everything after that. Everything after that, for sure. But starting from his entry back onto the track. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's probably some better angles. But all the, the way across. Showed on TV, he was all the way across the track through traffic. Wow. Yep. Yep. Wow. I, you know, I did the clench a little bit right there because I thought somebody was going to die for sure. Yeah. And I, I want to preface everything bad that we're about to say. I, I want to preface a little bit with, you know, credit where credit's due. This dude's chasing a world championship that he thinks he deserves. That he does, he would have deserved had he gotten mm-hmm. it, would have deserved 100%. Um, he's obviously got talent. He's a good rider and all of those things. But a lot of the moves that we saw today, I think what I'm trying to say is that I can see exactly why all these things happened. Because I could see myself in the same situation, not actually, but in that situation doing exactly the same thing. But it is very clear that the nerves got to one of these people and did not get to the other. And the one they didn't get to, well, he's your world champion. So, Yeah, so he he cuts clear across the track. That was strike one for me. Mm -hmm. And then proceeds to bully his way. Yeah. Which he's got some time to make up. But I think there was still time for a, some patience. There was still yeah. time for a little bit of patience. Um, I know that's probably harder for him to see on the track than it was for me because I can see the gaps, you know, in real time. Yeah, so he came looking up ahead. He went from second into turn one. The dirty air forced him out, like way, way out, way off into the runoff. And he came back in eighth, I want to say. Yep. Right. So dived back into onto the track in eighth. And then and I, it almost looked like they were about to try and give him a penalty for that. Yeah, they couldn't know, though. <laughs> yeah, I was I saw the little like red thing in, on his next to his name. And I was like, "Ooh, are they going to No, they're not even going to mention that. There's no way. Because if they do, then it's well, the only reason he lost is because of the anyway. Yeah, you, you interfered with the championship. Blah, blah, yeah. blah. So. And I would have been saying it too, possibly. So the uh, so he cuts in front of a bunch of people and then gets to work in the most frantic of ways. Yeah, most, very. I don't have time for anything. And I think the first, so he got past a couple bikes very quickly and then come up on Vinales. Mm-hmm. Kudos to Vinales. You've never heard me say that before. But that dude did exactly what I want him to do. Yeah. And he didn't just go away. Yeah. I'll give you that. Um, He definitely, I mean, so every one of Jorge's moves was a dive up the inside and hope that I can push this guy far enough out. And he keeps almost like, all right, dude, I'm going to sneak in here and you're just going to keep me online. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he did the same exact thing to Maverick. And Maverick said, uh, no, and passed him right back. And then he did it again, and Maverick once again, no, passed him right back. And then finally after that, he something, I think that's when Mark was in the picture again or something like that, and they kind of, whatever that time forced Maverick to actually stay. Or Jorge, maybe he finally made a clean pass, I don't know. But, but yeah, that, for, that was cracking me up. But Yeah, good for Vinales fighting, not just laying down for that. I agree. Because everything Vinales did was 100% clean. Everything Martin did was uh, questionable, but yeah. But then we move on to Martin versus Golden Underwear, Mark Marquez. Yeah. Is it though? Is it a versus? 
In this case, it was because. <laughs> okay. In this case, I think it was because that was just another bike Martin needed to get by. And he was just going to drive. Like yeah, 100. So when he got past Vinales and was behind Mark, I was like, oh, this is going to be kind of good as, you know, another chance to see how good Mark actually is. Because mm -hmm. there was a time earlier in the season when Martin followed Mark for a long time. It was like, I loved that. I learned so much, blah, blah, blah. I am so good now because I passed the illustrious Mark Martin, like putting himself on a pedestal, right? And so I was like, oh, yeah, here's your chance. Can you do it again when it matters? And then uh, the event happened. And then they fought back and forth for a little bit. Not too long. For a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And then 100% Martin. Oh, yeah. I love to blame Mark for things. You know this. But 100% yeah. Martin ran into the back of him. Yeah, no. The side of his rear tire. Yeah. The side of his rear tire. Taking them both out. But, oh, my gosh. Mark Marquez again? He's in yeah, another huge. highlight reel now for being an astronaut. Huge, yeah. Huge high side. Uh, this time he landed on his feet, though. Which, when, I when they were playing some of the replays, I was like, dude, that guy is lucky he didn't break a leg. Because he oh. came down straight on both feet, just... He's lucky. I, I knew for sure he was injured and not going to be able to make the test. And he, we're going to get another docu series on the surgeries he has to have to try to make it back for to ride to Ducati. I, all that stuff went through my mind as he was flying. Yeah. And so, am I wrong? So that was strike two from Martin. Mm -hmm. Is it only me or the fact that? Mark Marquez flying through the air like Superman and having to hold your breath because he may have just killed him and Martin walking off the track, not even looking back over his shoulder to see. Oh, you're wondering if there's a problem with that? Was there a problem with that? Because in real time watching it and after going back and watching some of the replays, I'm, I don't know. You know, a lot of times the rider when, especially when they cause an accident. Yeah. They'll go back and if they're physically able and yeah, Martin, he's scary. He got pretty close to the wall, actually. Yeah, he dumped the bike a little after a couple of replays. He, he at first, at first, his bike ran off, and I was like, "Why isn't he getting back on?" Uh, you know, my first thought was he's going to get back on track with dirty tires and try this all over again, and something else <laughs> is going to happen. And then I see him walking off the track. I was like, oh, "Okay, well that's good at least." Um, but yeah, I mean, he went in there with so much speed that the bike was just straight for the wall. So I think he just dumped it at the end. Yeah. But he was, he had time to think, okay, I got to just dump this. So to be fair, since the race is over and we've got to see what the aftermath, Mark Marquez seems to be okay. Yeah, for the most part. They did a, a couple of those replays. Did you show him wincing in his helmet when he stands oh, yeah. up? Like, holy yeah. cow. And he wincing when he sat back off. down in the pits. But yeah, I mean, he made it out of medical... He's walking, he's moving, and I think he'll be fine. Yeah, he jumped but... on a scooter and took off from medical. Yeah, yep. On back with somebody. But yeah. but uh, if you watch that, Jorge, I know his dream had just been destroyed. His, you know, he had some emotional moments in the pit. He didn't take his helmet off for 10 minutes, you yeah. know, and, and I get it, I think. I mean, I don't get it on that level, apparently, but... I get it, 
but you just almost killed somebody, man. I would have liked to see him at least turn around at the wall and look at, make sure Mark stood up. Yeah. Something. Yeah. I don't know how, and you know, maybe he didn't see him flying through the air, but you got to know with a hit like that, as I was out of nowhere, completely just literally nothing Mark could do completely uncalled for from Jorge's side, making after he had made so many moves already that were very questionable. Like that was just the final straw. And what do you know? It was the short one. So yeah, I do get what you're saying. He definitely just walked off. So it, here's my biggest issue in, in what I was telling the wife today while watching that. I was like, this is why I hate Jorge Martin. This is like really where my, where my problem is. And I'm a Mark fan, right? But who at the beginning of the season was one of the biggest riders saying he doesn't belong on track, get him out of MotoGP, he's too dangerous, this, that, and whatever else. This is true. Right, that same exact guy. And then he pulls a bunch of moves like this, which, like I said, preface from the very beginning, and he's well, out there trying to win a championship. It's a little different, but... Well, and I would no add... I would add to that that it's not just this race was extreme from that aspect, but the last handful of races, I mean, oh, how yeah. many times does he hit Peco? Oh, yeah. And I love it. I actually no, love it. It makes, it makes great racing, but you don't need uh, to be a hypocrite about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's he's bumping people more than anybody out there. At least. Yeah. And, and like I said, that's that's where my issue is, is that I should love a guy like that. Because, like you said, it makes great race, and that's what that's what we want to see. Because you don't see that very much anymore with all the aero and the everything else, the robot bikes, robot riders, whatever you want to call it, causes that to go away. Martin brings it back. That's great. You know, he's riding this Ducati more like an older bike, which is what we want. But when he's going to be hypocritical about it and say that all these other people, or at least specifically one other guy, doesn't belong on the racetrack because he's too dangerous, and then goes and pulls the same moves and expects no one to say anything about it. Whereas Mark, I would say, and not just to compare him to Mark, but that's what I know, hasn't been known to ride like that. Absolutely. Has done plenty of his own versions of this season in his past seasons. But I think that no matter what happens out there, and it'll, it'll be interesting to see. I don't know if he got interviewed today after the race or not. But it'll be Mark interesting or, to see Mark. Mark yeah. Or, so, Mark. yeah, so Mark was getting ready to do the press conference, and Jorge went and talked to him. Mm-hmm. They had it on camera, and he said Jorge was apologizing, said he felt terrible, and Mark told him, it's okay, you're fighting for a championship. I get it. It's intense. Right. So there and, there you have it. I mean, that just answers proves my point even more because I think Mark's kind of always been like that. He's like, no, it's, it's racing. That happens. I would have loved to see, probably see him come back and say, hey, man, are you okay? But... <laughs> But whatever, it's racing, and then anyway, that's that's where my issue with the guy is, and that's uh that's why at the end of it, you know, I was actually kind of glad that he didn't get his championship. Okay. So, so now we have to ease on. We're gonna stop talking about Jorge. And we're gonna stay with Marquez for a minute. Okay. What about the hit on Bezzetti earlier in the race? Yeah, I didn't catch that. So, I literally went to grab a bag of chips and come back, and Bezzetti's out. Bezzetti is pissed, and he's been in the media since. He's pissed. He said, they asked him what happened, and he said, I love Bezzetti just because he, he's a man of not many words. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's because he doesn't speak that great English or what, but he said, uh, Mark ran into me, and it made me crash, and that's it. 
And they said, do you think he should have got a penalty? And he said, of course. Why don't you think he got a penalty? He said, it's because it's Mark Marquez. He doesn't get penalties. Okay. And he's still pissed. They asked him if he had congratulated Pecco, and he said he hadn't made it over there yet because he's pissed. But he'll, he'll get there. You know, obviously they're best friends. Yeah. Said he'll get over there. But he was still fuming when they were interviewing him. He was still fuming. He was mad about how his day ended. Yeah. And if you watch the replay, it was it was literally, I mean, Bezecchi's on the outside. Mark tries shooting up the inside and went wide. Mark went wide and used him as a bumper. Okay. So it kept Mark up and knocked Bezecchi down. Almost, but he like, was just, almost like Brad did to Alex later in the race. Yeah, exactly, actually. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> that thing, but Bezecchi didn't hold it up. Yeah. So interesting. So Mark was still running into people, but yeah. <laughs> but so yeah, I don't need to defend him because that, that is that is racing. Time, Brad did the same thing. Mark did the same thing. Jorge Jorge's move that one that took Mark out was a little different because I hit him on the back tire. Agreed. Nothing, it was nothing just, you can do about that. They didn't just bump bars and rub shoulders. Yeah, but. So let's try to keep this categorized. So sticking with the race, we're going to go back to a couple things there, but sticking with the race, what the hell, Jack Miller? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> so that was that was the biggest reason between Jack and Brad. Well, Brad first, then Jack, then kind of... Anyway, uh, that's why I was like, you know, Pekka, you better not freaking give up first place. They gave it back to you. KTM literally handed it over. Right, because Martin went went out and they showed him the board saying, Hey, Martin's out, you're good. And he looked back to make sure, basically, and gave up right. two spots. Uh, and then KTM Brad went super wide, I think it was. And yeah. then Jack pulled a jack and handed him back his first place so he could win the champion and the race, you know, championship and the race. But something you might have missed since we're recording this on the day that the race happened. Mm-hmm. Who who was trying to pass him for the win? Oh no, I saw it. Digi's up there trying to get him. I believe I believe he was trying. I yeah, believe, I, uh, I mean, there, yeah. I don't think I, there was any safely, safely trying. Safely and but not not that he shouldn't have been or anything like that. Like not I'm not saying safely. Like oh, there there's a championship on the line. He knew there wasn't, but also. He's not Jorge Martin. <laughs> yeah. But did you so. see what happened after the race? Mm -mm. Maybe. So did you finish the second? Um, finishing the his six his last six races of the year have been all top tens. You got some podiums. You got a race win. Yeah. He scored ninety. Well, not counting today, he was had scored like ninety something points in the last six races. Where are you talking 40. about his spot over it? Nope. Okay. Apparently he had too much or too little air in his tire and they penalized him a position. Oh. So he didn't get second. Okay. He actually got penalized right off the box, I think. It was multiple spots. Oh, yeah, no, he yeah, he is. I'm looking at it right now. He's down in fourth. I didn't even notice that. Huh. Well, okay then. But that stupid tire pressure rule. Yeah. And I don't I don't have all the facts, so I shouldn't even talk about it, but uh, Bagnaya got warned about it a couple weeks ago. 
Hmm. Or excuse me, Jorge Martin got warned about it a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So they were talking about how Pecco was going to get because it's just a warning for your first offense. Does that mean Digi's got one earlier? Because I don't remember ever hearing of him getting a warning earlier. Maybe it was back when he didn't matter because he matters now. Yeah. But you got to go. Come on. That rule's stupid. Put whatever air you want in them. Yeah, but you got to keep it even, you know? Everyone well, needs to be for... on a Ducati with the same tires and same pressure. <laughs> but they say it's for safety. Like Michelin's saying that if the tire is underinflated, it can explode or it can do this or it causes other problems. Right. And so then you could crash on the track and hurt other riders as opposed to Jorge Martin taking out Mark's rear tire. I mean, that stuff can happen. So I'm sure the riders don't want that to happen. So they'll play within the rules. Yeah. They're own rules yeah i mean no i i hate the tire rule just give them a better tire so we don't have to screw around with that they say it's just to make up for the inadequate tires hmm. that michelin's providing interesting interesting yeah i don't know um i didn't but yeah i didn't even notice that but if you didn't catch what i was kind of hinting at everyone knows there's been a spot open at vr46 mm-hmm. and well well Maybe or maybe not been a spot open. But after this past weekend, last weekend, actually, I think, Rossi mm-hmm. said, was it, what, yesterday in the sprint? Maybe it was. I don't remember when I heard it, but someone said this something is about. Why I told you that, this is why I told you to have your fingers warmed up is because this is the weirdest thing. I'm going to say what you were going to say, right? But yeah. Luca Marini is taking Mark Mark as a seat, which Freeze up a seat for VR for of a, his VR forty six bike. Okay, but they haven't made an official announcement. Neither right. Honda, Honda has not made an official announcement. So that's that's why you confuse me because you just said he is taking Mark Marquez's seat. I haven't well, heard anything saying he is. Yeah, so that's that's the speculation I should say. So, but it's like a everybody's saying it's guaranteed, right? They're asking him in the press conference. Only questions about that. He was right. dancing around him a little bit or whatever. Uh, Digi was sitting next to him in the press conference, and he said, hurry up, make your announcement so I can make mine. Um, <laughs> and then they said Valet came to the race simply to pick the next rider for the VR46 team, which is crap because obviously he was there to jump in the limelight with Pecco. Like, yeah. same, same as last year. I mean, I'm not criticizing him for it. He, everybody wants him there. I'm sure Pecco wants him there. Everybody wants him there. I'm not trying to imply anything, but sure. I'm not get a, I'm get a Rossi not. hater over here. That's why you stop calling him Rossi and start calling him Valley. Uh, I like saying Valley. Oh, ain't no one going to know who you're talking about. Oh, okay. Well, his, his Jersey says Valley. Yeah. Cause that's his brand. It says Rossi on his butt. This is Valley right here. It says the doctor on his butt, but whatever. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> Obviously so, not a Rossi fan. All right, all right. Well, it's been a couple of years. Old old foggy brain. So obviously he was going to be there. It's the championship. It's the last race of the year. There's, you know, a 98% chance he was going to be there regardless. But right. they said he's coming in. And I know you don't watch the Moto2, but there's a guy over there, a Spanish guy, not Italian. Hmm. I didn't know that. He just ripped off the last four races. He's won more races in a row than anybody in Moto2 in recent history. 
He's kind of just come from nowhere. He just knocked Jake Dixon off of third spot. He's finishing third in the points. I don't think he even raced a full season. He's a rookie sensation in Moto2, right? Mm-hmm. Well, he wants to stay in Moto2. His manager is telling him to stay in Moto2. And they don't... The speculation is they don't want him going to VR46. He wants to be on a Ducati, but he doesn't want to go to VR46 because all fingers are pointing to them going to Yamaha in 2025. Ooh, okay. Which is also part of the reason Luca doesn't mind leaving. Right. Because he would rather be on a factory Honda than a satellite Yamaha. Mm-hmm. Potentially. Because at least there, everybody thinks the bike sucks anyway. If he does anything, they'll say it's a victory. And he gets to kind of build a bike around his image a little bit, maybe. And I don't know. I mean, it's not like Joanne Muir is going to argue. Yeah. But uh, from from the hospital bed, again. And they I don't sure mean are. to make light of an injury. I mean, that sucks. But my gosh, man. They sure are good at that. Well, and Renz pulled another Renz today. So yeah, seen last that. last and like out of three races in the season, he's like, woo. Did you see? <laughs> uh, speaking of Renz, I know we're bouncing a little bit now, but did you see his crash uh, in qualifying? I don't think it was the one during the race. Maybe I didn't. I didn't catch any qualifying, and I I watched the sprint. I don't remember seeing it in there. So if I was if I was Yamaha. Mm-hmm. I'd be a little worried about that signing. Not because I don't think Alex Renz has all the skills in the world, but that leg ain't right. I'm not sure that leg's... I mean, it, when he crashed, he was sliding on his back, and the only mm-hmm. thing he was doing was holding that leg up. Hmm. The only thing he was doing is keeping that leg. It was brutally obvious he was trying not to get that caught in any tangles. Right. And I think if you feel good about something, that's not the first thought. Yeah, well, I don't even minute. remember how it's been a minute since his surgery. So, well, he had the he just had another one. Mm, okay, so he came back for one week, and he never actually he never made it through qualifying. Got back off the bike, and right. they, he was in pain again. So they went and had there was an additional surgery. Interesting. So I hope not because that guy's obviously got the skills, but he I don't know he's pretty beat up. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Winter always t- seems to, I don't know. Sometimes it's weird. Sometimes people go out for like six months over something that didn't seem so big. And then they come back and they have another surgery and whatever. Like, you know, not to take it back to Mark, but Mark originally was only out for a little bit. And then that turned into another one and then another one, I believe. Yeah. Like it, it just, infection and- yeah, it kept growing or whatever. But then other times, like, people have some huge, crazy thing, and they get like, yeah, you know, we put a screw in it, so they should be good to race next week, and they come back, and they're fine. You don't hear anything else about it, so. Well, the good news is the second coming, Pedro Costa. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think he's only got to finish, like, 21st to, uh, like, improve that group. I think maybe he's just got to not crash. At KTM, yeah, because at Gas Gas, because those bikes, oh uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, Paul went out. Paul Paul's career ended on his back. 
his official MotoGP career ended on his back. Uh, Fernandez ended up crashing after yep. having a really good sprint showing. Yep, and Jack wrecked it out of wrecked it out of first, kind of only second if you think about it. As Brad gave him first, but <laughs> you know, well, Pecco gave uh, him the other ones too, though. Yeah, true. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting next year because and it, you know it's it's weird that you say the gas gas spikes because they're definitely at the beginning of the season it felt like and and halfway through we were talking about Augusto like you know he deserves a spot he's doing great and all these things and then you just haven't seen him again. Nah, he's, not, not, he's... not just him, but the the gas gas in general. But the, I don't know. I'm just think. <sighs> I, I could talk about that for, you know, 15 minutes in and of itself. We don't really have the time. But Brad Bender next year, I think he's one to keep an eye on for sure. Um, I think he needs to. I don't even know because he's not a super crazy dude. But this season, he's been a lot more refined. He needs just a little bit more refinement, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think he's definitely a lot getting of, better. The bike's getting better. He's getting yeah. better. Bike's getting better for him. Right. And there were a lot of races that he did really good, super solid. There's a lot of times that you're like, holy cow, he's going nuts, but he can just ride the bike that way. And then there's times where it's like, okay, Brad, you're still kind of a youngin. Let's calm down a little bit. Going back, though, here's the problem I have. So Luca Marini, Honda still hasn't announced. Right. But they but they finally came out and said he's leaving VR46. Yep. Officially. He's officially yep, that- leaving VR46, but they officially haven't given him a home. DG, the guy from Moto2 is who uh, VR46 was trying to get. Mm-hmm. And they might be already thinking about 2025 also. This might be the rider that can help turn Yamaha around. I don't know. So the other rumor is that rider that's in Moto2, Pramac has went to him and said, we will give you a ride in 2025. If you want to stay in Moto2 one more year, we'll go ahead and offer you the ride now for big money on a Pramac bike and look what Pramac's doing right now. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a factory bike. Interesting. Yeah. And they're like, if you go to VR 46, you might be on a Yamaha. If you come here, we can guarantee we'll still be with Ducati and we'll still have the best bikes. So that guy and his manager, they've already decided they don't want nothing to do with it. I mean, they're, they're going to stay in moto too. But I heard a rumor today that they're going to pick up one of the KTM bikes in Moto2 for next year, hmm. which okay. the KTM bikes just win Yeah, in Moto2. I mean, it's a big deal to them. They definitely throw the high talented. You see riders change almost every year. They always reload. Pedro's moving up, reload. Year yeah. after year, you see them just keep reloading. That makes sense. That's, that's the job of Moto2, or should be. Yeah, absolutely. So... But I don't know what's happening. And when you look, so DG, he said in the press conference, he brought boots and a helmet because there was some pretty exciting news, you know, but he couldn't say what it was. And the only news it can be is VR46. So everybody's just assuming it's VR46. It could still be Honda, right? So that's that's why I'm very careful to, I'm, I don't I don't have the inside scoop, sorry, listeners, but I'm very careful to put you guys out on, or put information out to you guys that I don't have confirmed because anything could happen. 
and you never really know. What I can say is that when this comes out on Wednesday, the Valencia test will have happened, mm -hmm. which is the first official test of the 2024 season. So everyone should be on their 2024 contracted bikes in that test. Should be. So, i.e., Mark is supposed to be riding a Grassini Ducati for that test. DG still doesn't have a ride as of right now. So, you you know, I'm looking at, we've got 48 hours and we'll know where everyone's actually I was, going. I was reading comments on the socials and I was laughing. One of them in particular said, uh, Grassini, fire Alex Marquez and keep Digi. It's an interesting thought. Um, yeah. I don't know that I would disagree with that. Uh, I think I'm excited. I hope that DG gets that ride on the VR4016 because it is the Ducati next year. He's got time on the bike. He's obviously shown at the end of the season that he's got something that no one thought he had. Whether he just found a spark one week or... I'm yeah, interesting to see if he can keep that up. Yeah, I don't want to get too carried away either, but with him, but he's he's had he he has sputtered a couple times in a good way mm -hmm. this season. Uh, he's been coming on all year, I think. Yeah, it's definitely felt like a slow slow build up. Sometimes it's just that confidence, man. He got the win last week. He was gonna go get him another one. Yeah, yeah, break some record from. I didn't catch that. I was trying to figure out what because they're like, this is the first back to back win. Is that of a non? factory bike no first back-to-back -back win of a somebody who just won their first win or their mm, okay it's been a lot of years since somebody got their first win and then followed it up with a okay all right that makes more sense because uh, yeah i just heard back-to-back -back win and i was like what are you talking about or has been doing that all season <laughs> definitely hasn't been since 1976 so right. okay that makes sense it'll be interesting i wish the valencia test told you more too yeah, I wish that the numbers that came out of there were actually numbers you could follow. I've made that mistake before thinking that those are true numbers. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, it'd be kind of cool to see the, uh, you know, I'm excited to be down there with Simon Crafar and his tech, whatever pit walk stuff that he does. Uh, get the inside scoop on what all the bikes are doing for next year, or at least starting to do and, yep. and see who is where on the last final, what, two seats that aren't made up yet. So, yeah, so I think I think they're going to fix MotoGP for you. I believe Dorna's goal is to fix the problem you have with MotoGP. So they're just going to get rid of Arrow? The other problem you have oh, with MotoGP. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to talk Arrow too, but they have got themselves in a situation where there's eight Ducatis on the grid. Mm -hmm. I think Dorna's going to help VR46 go to Yamaha. They're going to potentially help Yamaha make that decision that they need a satellite team again, financially or otherwise, right? Right. But that's going to bring Ducati back down to six. So now they're six, KTM's four. They did not let KTM bring on two more bikes. I feel like they're... Gearing up for BMW. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. wasn't going to bring up BMW <laughs> again, but since you did, let's let's just say it is. If there's another player out there, whoever it is, if they're Suzuki, if Suzuki comes back, if there's another player that they can get to come in. Then VR46 goes to Yamaha. They go to Ducati and say, hey, Primax, your team. Grissini's got to sign a contract with Suzuki or BMW or whoever comes in. And all of a sudden, we're all back to equal. We're all back to Ford. Relatively, yeah. No, that would. Yeah, that, that would, would make it all. It really has a besides one the, now, so. Well, besides whatever the new team is coming in. 
No, the new team coming in would get Grassini. Right, but I'm saying if you bring in Suzuki, they don't have a satellite team. Didn't. Won't. Didn't. Maybe that'll be part of the deal. They didn't either. What, what do you mean? The R46 goes to Yamaha. You have two Yamahas. You have three Ducatis. You got two KTMs, two Aprilias, two Hondas. You take away that third Ducati to give it to a second or a new manufacturer. That manufacturer will not have a satellite team unless you're saying they're also going to get... Okay, okay, never mind. I forgot the math of... They're, they're holding, holding two seats. Two seats, yeah. They from like Suzuki. KT- yeah. yeah, they wouldn't let KTM take them. There's a reason they're okay, holding okay. And of course, I hope that reason's BMW, but... <laughs> you heard it here first. And you, you also it didn't hear it here first. I don't think also, so. I don't want to. I don't want to necessarily promote that guy for some other reasons. But there's a there's a new video on YouTube. I'll shout him out. Okay. Life at Lean is back. Ah. He had a two year hiatus. Uh huh. And now now he's back to putting out videos. Uh huh. But he had an interesting video. You should watch it next next week. You can tell me what you why think about. the why the body position is changing. Yeah, have you watched that? No, it just popped up in my so suggested. You want me to let the cat out of the bag? Sure. Yeah. He's making the he's making the argument or making the discussion that the arrow has gotten so big that when you're turning the bike in a corner, he, he talks about how when the wings first came out, they were just straight. Mm-hmm. Like a wing on a you know, Honda Civic. They were just they were just straight. And when you turn and get into the corner, that inside one would still be catching air and it's blowing it straight against your front tire, trying to knock it out low side you. So the wing started to develop more curved downward to try to prevent that. But you still do get some of that problem. Mm-hmm. And now the arrows, double wings and fork wings and every wing and all that stuff. He is making the argument that, and he uses Jorge Martin as an example a lot. And I'll, I'll give Jorge all the credit in the world. That dude gets off a bike. Yeah. Um, Man, but he also brings the bike down with him. Yeah. Well, him and him and Mark, I think, are similar that way because they're small, smaller yeah. guys. And they, like, Mark's bike always looks huge to me in them pictures when he's just crawling on it like a little spider monkey. Mm-hmm. And anyway, he says, he's making the argument that their body, they're trying to shove their body in the arrow. They're trying to to disrupt the arrow on the inside so that the bike will turn. Interesting. I don't know if I would argue him on that, but in my head, I want to say that the riders aren't thinking about it. They're just riding however, whatever works. Yeah. If that that works and they found that that works and that's why it works, that's one thing. But I don't know that their teams are like, hey, you need to be doing this to get the bike. That's that's a whole nother discussion though. Like what kind of riders in the world? Cause supposedly Honda wants Luca Marini because he can come back and tell you what the bike's doing mm-hmm. and how to fix it or which way you need to go. He supposedly communicates really well. That's why they were interested in him. Okay. But we all know that there's two different riders. Luca Marini might, he might be getting off the bike trying to plug that. And he's going, I know that if I hold my hand up there and plug that off, all of a sudden the bike turns 2% better. And then yeah. there's other riders that just feel it. Yeah. They might be doing the same thing, but they're just. Yeah. They're like, I don't know what's wrong, but I know when I do this, it works. Yep. Not sure why. Yep. <laughs> so. Yeah. And then there's riders that don't feel it until they feel it. And when they feel it and the bike feels it, it feels great. But when they don't, <laughs> it is really, really bad. And that's why I really can't win anything. Ugh. 
that that made me so mad. They're like, man, Vinales is just doing so great this weekend. They're like, well, yeah, they you know they had a discussion and saying that when him and Aprilia can figure it out, they really, you know, they've got a great package. But when they can't figure it out, they just don't have anything. And I was like, that's yeah, that's my argument for nine out of ten items in life. When it's good, it's good, and when it's bad, it's bad. Yeah, I just wasn't feeling it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I just didn't have the right, uh, I didn't put the right boots. I didn't have the right rubber construction on the bottom of my boots today. So that's why I'm late to work. Right. It's just in it, the friction on the sidewalk, the rain content that I'm used to based off the temperature that I usually set my boots at for pre-work warm up. You know, I don't know. <laughs> oh, uh, Well, very nice. So we got the Jerez test or is it, is it Jerez? I think it's Valencia, I thought. Valencia, I mean, they're staying there. Spot, yeah. So we got the Valencia test coming up on Tuesday. Like like I said, this will come out on Wednesday, so that'll have already happened. But uh, what else we got going on? We got Chuck Wall around three coming up. CVMA. Yep. I'm all signed up. I don't know if I signed up for the right things, but we'll find out when we get there. Pretty excited about that. Are you, so you're racing then? Yes, sir. Down there. All right. We're three weeks out. Are you going to be able to handle that? I hope so. That's quite the uh, group of people. A lot go, of people. You go be messing with. So note to self for everybody that's thinking about going to CVMA. So on Fridays, they have Apex Assassins puts on a track day mm-hmm. that has two sessions. And then CVMA actually has two sessions that day also. We talked about that on a previous podcast a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And they're running the, they're running still 20 minute starting at eight. So interesting. uh, Well, yeah, I don't think we've talked about that too much, but very interesting way to run a track day. So, so I've been checking every day because before the race, they don't put, they don't open registration for the next race until the previous race is finished. Okay. So after that race finished, I've been checking it every day. Like, mm-hmm. can I sign up yet? Can I sign up yet? Because I've already, you know, I'm I'm already going and doing that that other thing on Thursday. So I'm gonna be I'm gonna be there. So I gotta be there, right? I can't. Right. So anyway, I'm out in the shop. I put everything in the phone, like signed up for everything, mm-hmm. and then I didn't actually pay. I was like, I have somebody else double check this for me, right? And uh, I go in the house a couple hours later, and I open it back up and look. The uh, track, the sessions on Friday, mm-hmm. sold out. Sheesh. First day it came on, they're sold out. Wow. So, so note to self, if you really want to run the Friday, yeah, <laughs> you're unlike, uh, going to need to get on that because everybody else is. But Unlike USBA, they actually huh? use their yeah, Friday apparently. practice. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we're signed up, ready to go. All right. Well, that'll be sweet. Looking forward to hearing the uh, outcomes that you get down there. I hope that's some better weather for you. That's for sure. Better be. Um, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, why don't you send us on out of here? All right. Yeah. uh, Just to kind of close things up, that was was MotoGP. So I think next week we'll still kind of cover what we see in Valencia and then the rest of the year and beginning of next year, you can be expecting some 
definitely some CVMA updates as they come along. Absolutely, we're going to keep up with whatever motorcycle racing we can, but we've got some other other good content in the bag for you guys. Some non-just MotoGP-related episodes coming up. And, and I think as of right now, we haven't talked about it yet, uh, but we will let you know next week what our plans over the over the holidays are, whether or not we'll take a, a hiatus for a week. But, yeah. With that, okay. make sure you guys click uh, either you know download, subscribe, follow, whatever platform you're on. We're on a lot of them. I know a lot of you are probably on Apple Podcasts, and I have no idea how that works because I'm not an Apple guy. So, uh, But click all those great buttons. Throw a like on the video. Leave us some comments. Let us know if there's anything in specific that you want us to hit over these next few months while MotoGP is gone. and We have plenty of time to playing some good episodes out and with that i think that's all i got so thanks for watching and listening thanks thanks for listening and watching see ya